Hello and welcome to this episode of Dallas Christian College's Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spees, Director of Advancement here at DCC, and we are continuing in our series of podcasts that focus on current topics and events that are shaping our society, the world of education, and the local church. Today's topic is rather timely, especially with all that we have witnessed this past month in our country uh, that's involved the military, National Guard, local police, just a lot of the social unrest. And I know for me personally, uh, it's been hard at times to find much of anything that's been positive in our world. And so I'm really glad that we're going to hear from someone who is involved with this firsthand, uh, the head of DCC's Practical Ministries Department and a chaplain, Dr. Eddie Sanders. He's going to be sharing on the topic of Christian leadership and chaplaincy. As a way of introduction, Dr. Sanders has served as a chaplain and has been deployed to the AOR and has been on staff here at Dallas Christian College for almost five years now. So helping to facilitate our discussion is the voice of the DCC Leadership Podcast, Mr. Mark Worley, Vice President of Institutional Advancement. So I'm going to turn it over to you, Mark, and let you help introduce our listeners to Dr. Sanders and this topic. Yeah, thanks, Scott. You know, this is really something I've been interested in uh, quite a bit. And since Dr. Sanders came to DCC, We've had several discussions about this because, man, there's all different kinds of chaplaincies. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you mentioned, uh, there's military chaplaincy or there's hospital chaplaincy, which which was great ministry to Caroline and me mm-hmm. when our daughter was born. Uh, <clears throat> there's all kinds of different uh, directions. So I'm really looking forward to this conversation with uh, Eddie Sanders. He's uh, a native of uh, Georgia, right? That is correct. <laughs> Absolutely. And so he's... Uh, now, Eddie, uh, one of the questions, I think that's uh, maybe the number one question is, how, how do you get into uh, chaplaincy? And in fact, I mean, tell us a little bit about what happened with you. You're a young guy. I mean, I would consider him a young guy. So uh, you're a young <laughs> guy. So what led you uh, toward chaplaincy? Yeah, good question. I didn't know what a chaplain was until my mid-20s. I became a Christian in high school, college, uh, really wanted to be a pastor uh, in response to that, uh, following Jesus. And I really had no clue what a chaplain was, even when I was around a few. And I was a pastor, and then I somehow stumbled into the reality that the military actually has chaplains, that hospitals have chaplains, that hospices have chaplains. Uh, and the best place to start is with a chaplaincy endorsement commission. Okay, and so so what is that? I mean, what they put their stamp of approval on you as a, as a, as a chaplain. How does that work? Yeah, stamp of approval is very good. So first you got to go through all the schooling required, uh, whether you want to be a military chaplain or hospital or hospice or corporate. Uh, that, that's another uh, arena of chaplaincy that is yeah, relatively fr- new. Yeah, and- it's interesting. A friend of mine is a chaplain at Interstate Batteries. Yes. Yeah, yeah so you got to keep going to school, okay? Okay. <laughs> uh, uh, we have we have several students who are pursuing the our former students who are pursuing the chaplaincy route, and so for military, 
and for often hospice and hospital, you got to have the Master of Divinity, the MDiv. That that is the degree they they really want to see, especially one that's accredited by ATS. That's very generic. Now, for Chaplaincy Endorsement Commission, this is the Christian Churches, Churches of Christ group that basically says to the government, we are we are a religious body recognized by the U.S. government, and we endorse, meaning we support, we believe in. And we stand behind these chaplains, and so depending on which route you go, there's some paperwork, and it, and that would be submitted after lengthy uh, essay writing and interviews and uh, checks with references, you know, just to make sure. Criminal background checks. Sure, yeah, of course, <laughs> yeah. And if you pursue the military route, that, that will happen. You don't have to worry about that. But, yeah, the Chaplaincy Endorsement, Endorsement Commission – interviews you, uh, and you're interviewing for a, for a job, and, and it's very, very thorough and very well done. Okay, so can you be a chaplain and, and like, carry on a full-time job and a chaplain on the side, or is chaplain, I mean, what is a, what is a chaplain's job about? Yeah, great question. Uh, what, let me answer what the chaplain's job is about. It's about caring for the soul. I, I heard that phrase in in the AOR uh, many, many years ago, and it was very helpful because it was a good reminder of what we do. Our our uh, lead chaplain there said that, and I thought, you know what? Yes, that is what uh, business operations in the corporate side forget. That is what military operations sometimes can forget is the soul. And I think I think the the a great picture of this is in the Netflix documentary Challenger the Final Flight it's four episodes about an hour each if you haven't seen that I really recommend it and at the beginning of episode three you hear several uh, survivors from those that were on the Challenger reflect and I just I just remember watching that thinking wow a chaplain would have really made a difference here because here's how it happened. So, and we've all seen this. You can find this on right. YouTube. Yeah. You remember if you were alive then uh, on the news, the Challenger going up, explosion, explosion, and everybody just stood there. And the uh, announcer said, "We've obviously had a major malfunction." Well, the the family you think, of those, you think, yeah. The yeah. family of those people in that, you know, historic, the first teachers, all that stuff, they're sitting in a room, and the people up front leading operations didn't know what to say. And so it was the same sort of, we've had a major malfunction, we have no communication, we don't know what's going on, but everybody knew what was happening and what had just happened. They lost their loved ones. Yeah. And so one of the shocking things that I heard in the documentary was the the... The, the survivors, the, the spouses and family, they just said they came up and told us that it was a major malfunction and started giving us, um, you know, just we, we, we're finding out information. What they needed was a pastor. What they needed was a chaplain to come in and say, this does not look good. Let's mourn. Let's cry. Let's pray. And often in times of crisis, the chaplain will come in in the midst of operations in a variety of places, hospice, hospital, and just pray and just be a quiet presence. And that is one of the most powerful things 
that can be done in in times of uh, difficulty. So how how do you prepare to do that? I mean, are there courses? I, I know here in internship orientation, for example, we we talk with the those who are going into internships about hospital calls, about what to do in grief and funeral situations and things like that. To to get ready, prepared, I think there's just a multitude of things. I mean, obviously, academically, but also spiritually, emotionally, you have to get ready, right? So, so uh, Eddie, how, how did you prepare for this? I mean, how yeah. would you have been prepared to walk into that room and talk yeah. to the family who had just lost all their loved ones? Life. I, I, I know that's a very simplistic answer, but you walk through life with the Lord and let Him be your shepherd. And, and, and if there's a passage and an image that goes with chaplaincy, it's Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. And so really, first of all, in, in my own life, learning to rely and walk closely with the Lord in times uh, in, in the valley of the shadow of death and letting other pastors come alongside me in tough times and then being that pastor uh, or chaplain to them. Take the classes, okay? <laughs> Go to school, read the books. Another one I didn't know about till probably about a decade ago when I was well into uh my chaplaincy part of my life and career was CPE, clinical pastoral education. Uh, one of our former students, Ashley, is is in that now here in Dallas, and I just highly recommend that. I didn't do that. Y'all, y'all didn't do that, but it is a great training environment. You're put in hospital. You're put in a hospital somewhere. Say it again. You're you're put in no, a clinical clinical pastoral education CPE. Okay. And you're put in a hospital, and you just have to care for patients. It's very reflective, very intrinsically focused on how do you pastor other people. And, and that's one of the best ways, uh, and, and both hospice, hospital, military, and corporate chaplaincy, they all want you to have that. Man, I want you to have CPE. I, I tell you what, there's so many questions flying around in my head. Uh, I know that... Uh, one, one of the, we talked about internship orientation, and uh, you know a lot of our psychology majors have done interns in hospitals, mm -hmm. and they experience a lot of that, which I think is is interesting. Uh, but I also remember talking to you saying, "Wait, we need our ministry mm -hmm. people uh, to do that as well." Why? Why is that? That's a great question uh, because death is a reality for every human. And at some point, we we have to face that. And, and so many of us have been up close and personal to it. And there's just grief that comes along with that. It, it's saying there's something not right here. You know, and, and uh, you just have to embrace that grief and acknowledge the reality and lament to the Lord. And And the chaplain is really there to... To sit like Job's friends when when they did get it right before you know you know before they messed it up a few chapters later. Well, yeah, and if I can jump in real quick, uh, the last four years before I came back to the college, I was on staff at Northside Christian Church in Spring, Texas, and one of the areas I grew the most that I had little experience in was in that pastoral mm -hmm. care role. Role, uh, I, I got trained as a hospice volunteer with Brookdale. 
uh, hospice. And then I preached more funerals, did more hospital calls. A lot of that I learned from Brent Berger, David Garrison, different ones who were were mentoring me along that way. But uh, there really is something uh, for me. It was just rather cool and very spiritual to, to, to just sit with people who may, may be in their last days or weeks of life and then or to go and, and comfort a family when they had lost. And I, I know how important it was. I had two elders from Central Christian Church meet me at the airport when my dad died in 2001. I was living overseas in Moscow. I flew back. I had a layover unbeknownst to me. And that was, of course, prior to 9-11. I was able, they, were, they were there at the gate. They met me, and, and I had about an hour and a half, and we just sat there and talked. And, and it, that was so comforting. So, yeah, just being there and, and learning how to do that, and not necessarily even having to have the right words to say. You know, that helps, but just being a presence, I think, is so important. That's really good. You know, that's, that's interesting, Scott, because uh, I was telling the interns in this training <clears throat> all the dumb stuff that's said. And, you know, it's like when Americans don't know what to say, we usually say some pretty dumb stuff. And I realized that the first time I worked with someone who had lost a loved one in ministry and the first words, I didn't know what to say. So the first words out of my mouth were, I know how you feel. Well, the young lady just started screaming at me. You don't know how I feel. And so after that, I was like, okay, I am absolutely terrified to say anything. So I remember standing at a in one of our elders his he died of a heart attack and i i was standing in her house and i didn't know what to say so i just said nothing and she told me at the end of that day she said you were the most important person here and i was like what i didn't say anything she said no but i knew you were here mm. yeah it's That's just good. i think it's a presence but but chaplains don't only do things in in people dying uh, the, I love that phrase, care for the soul. So w- what things are chaplains involved in? Like when you were, when you were AOR, uh, what was that like? Hot, first of all. <laughs> uh, we can't say where he was, but it was hot. Yeah. <laughs> so you're in a heavy operational environment and lots going on. And one of the biggest things that chaplains do, and what you just described, is you're there as a ministry of presence. You're just there. You know, it's really tough when someone is having their first child and they are 7,000 miles away. Yeah, That's tough. And, you know, they obviously want to be there. And so sometimes just lamenting with them, just being present in the room and letting them them say things that maybe aren't safe elsewhere, or letting them raise questions about why does God allow something like this. It's to be it's to be there and to be present. And, and I think this goes back to Genesis one. It's just a very Imago day yeah. just to be. Yeah. Yeah. So, so we're, when you were in the hot place, uh, wherever that is, 
do you remember one of the most profound things that you did and, and walked away going, this is why I trained to be a chaplain? Lots, for sure. I think the one that really sticks out to me the most uh, from that time was serving someone who was different faith, different political view, different in every way. And that individual just just needed someone not in their workspace to just listen. And I did. And that individual listened to me when I asked questions about uh, differing views that, that we had. And that, that was very positive and very impactful, I think, for both of us. And uh, was, it was able to happen because, uh, you know, a chaplain was, was there. Yeah. You know, I just happened to be the, the one in the right place. And I think most chaplains would acknowledge they, they've had numerous uh, experiences like this each year even. And just she would probably never come in the church the churches that you and I attend, but but reaching out to someone who looks like them in the sense of a, we wear the same uniform. I was going to ask you about that, <clears throat> Eddie, as far as, you know, so, so does a chaplain uh, reach out or speak or do things with other faiths or do the other faiths have chaplains that they go to or great question this is re- related to one of the number one qu- the, related to the number one question i get and, and the phrase is pastor to some friend to many well i like that yeah uh it, at the church service any chaplain leads anywhere they they are they're their pastor but outside of that service you're you're friend and helpful and servant to all you know which is a very christian thing when you think about it so so do you feel like chaplains are are respected i mean is there a great respect for them or is it like oh here comes the clergy or how how does that come across well that was one of my first questions when i when i came in like is this are we are we part of the team or are we kind of like an outsider and i have found and i have observed yeah, we're we're very much a part of the team and respected and, and and reached out for in difficult times when it's like uh this just happened, we got a crisis. We need people to listen. Yeah, what's that old saying? Uh, there are no atheists in the foxholes yeah. or something like that. <laughs> so <clears throat> so you you were called on and respected as a part as oh, a, an sure. important part of the team. Uh I think that's that that seems to be kind of the case when our daughter was in uh you know neonatal intensive care. Uh we absolutely loved interacting with the chaplain there and she was very kind and yeah she was uh not only a friend but she cared for our souls during one of the most difficult times of our life. That's that's pretty amazing. So as far as uh here at DCC how, how do you bring that chaplaincy idea into the classroom i mean it's it seems like almost two different worlds and yet we are a christian college we're a bible college so how does it how does that parallel 
how do I bring it in? With stories. Uh, you know, I'm a pastor at heart, and, and I always will be. And uh, my heart is in the church, yet I'm teaching in the classroom. And so getting to fulfill my role monthly as a chaplain is very beneficial because I'm, I'm a pastor and I preach during those times. And I experience a different culture and a different life. And then I get to bring those stories back and share that uh, yeah. with students. And, and uh, yeah, so how do I bring it back in? Stories. <laughs> well, you know, Eddie, I, that's one of the things I love about you being here. I mean, I really do. Because it's not somebody who has gone through a thousand years of schooling and then comes in and waxes eloquent. But but you're someone who has had extreme practical experiences and can bring that back into the classroom. I love that. I love the fact that you're not just in the classroom, but you've you've got that world experience and in a good way. And one of the things that I appreciate, we've talked about this in a previous podcast, about the open world view that we have here at DCC. And it, it seems like in the chaplaincy, that had to be developed. Again, you, you're dealing with other chaplains from other religious backgrounds, and uh, m- maybe maybe they're doing their thing, you're doing your thing, but sometimes, as you said, sometimes those blend like with this young lady you experienced. I did, I just commend you for, for being so, bringing that practical aspect to our students, uh, not somebody on, hey, this is how you should go out and do it, but this is how I did it. This is how I experienced that. And I think that means so much more to our students. So, man, thank you so much yeah. for coming. I I've got so many other questions to ask, but I, I think our time is running short. Yeah. Go ahead, yeah, here, here's my wrap-up. Yeah, and I'd love to share more. Thank you for this, Scott and, and Mark, for, for leading for sure. Uh, wherever you are, I'd really encourage you to consider chaplaincy in some form or another. If you're in a small rural town, I, I would bet your local sheriff's office d- d- does not have a chaplain. Absolutely. And, and, they, and they would take a volunteer. That They probably, after about six months, would give you a really cool jacket that says chaplain on the back. If you're <laughs> under 40, you, you, you sh- consider military chaplaincy. Uh, there's always hospice, hospital, and corporate chaplaincy, and then CPE is always open. So really consider it's been a, a great world I've lived in, and it's been good. Thank you. Great. Thank you, yeah. and thank you for your service. Appreciate it. I'm so glad you're here. And if you want to know more about Dallas Christian College, uh, you can check out our website at www.dallas.edu. Our mission statement is we educate and mentor students to be people of influence, engaging in their calling to the work of Christ in the church and in the world. We're committed to changing the world for Christ one student at a time with an education that is accessible, affordable, and attainable. And part of that education experience here at Dallas Christian College is our practical ministries department. So when you go to our website, you can click on that tab and find out more about our intercultural studies degree, our ministry leadership degree, youth and family ministry, as well as worship arts. But thank you, Eddie, for being here today. Thank you, Mark. Thanks. And uh, again, uh, check out 
our any of our previous podcasts. You can find them where all of your podcasts are, are listed there with, you know, with Apple, Spotify, Google. But we are so glad that you uh, joined us for today. We pray that you and your family stay safe and healthy. Keep looking up. We're going to get through this together. Take care. God bless.